new edition of The Max, and today that song, Return of the Max, has a really genuine meaning because we have been missing for like two or three weeks now, and we're back. Uh, it's been a while, but we had a lot of exciting stuff going on in our personal lives and our professional lives, but Jack here is the most important one because he's the one with the big life change that happened over the weekend. So Jack, I want to start with you. Technically, you got married a long time ago, and because of coronavirus, you got to do it again second time's the charm. How was your wedding celebration? I uh, I can say that I am never using the joke, I love her so much that I got married to her twice in a pandemic ever again, because I used it like 15 times with family members this past week. And it was just, hor it's horrible. And I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. But yes, it was a fantastic time. Our very own Maggie Davis was in attendance. She was <laughs> fantastic. We were all over the dance floor. It was a great time. Uh, it was great seeing. Great but it was great seeing family and friends. I got to catch up with old college friends and uh, you know old high school buddies and all that. So yeah, it was a great time. Um, we wish it happened under better circumstances. Back when we scheduled it, we postponed it from April originally to September, assuming that things would be cleared up by now. But they obviously have not. So we uh, we were you know kind of feeling a little guilty about having a party during, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, but the, the total group crowd number kind of got lower a little bit with everybody canceling. So it ended up, you know, people were able to spread out a little bit, have a good time. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I'm very glad that you, you came. I would, I had a lot of fun. Thank you for letting me come. It was fun. Um, and like you said, we did tear it up on the dance floor. It was, a good night and I definitely felt it the next morning because I haven't been out in social in six months definitely haven't worn heels in six months haven't really danced in six months and the next morning I was like why are my legs sore <laughs> like, I, the, embarrassing. <laughs> the entire throughout the whole day said I was very hungover I felt absolutely horrible all day Saturday but the most concerning thing was I couldn't feel my left thigh like you know when your leg falls asleep <laughs> When, you're, when your leg falls asleep, it's like, you know, you start getting that little like tingly nerve feeling. I felt that the entire day. I didn't get feeling back in my leg until like I was going to bed on Saturday. I had a good time on the dance floor. Let's just put it like that. I uh, tend to be a dancing The receipts are on our friend Travis Graff tweeted a short video, and, and that's just a little that, taste of the magic we got. That was like the most PG version <laughs> of the night. Let's just be real. I, I uh, yeah, I was, I was twerking on pretty much everybody and everything. So yeah, it was, it, it was, it was fun, but, but, yeah. Will there be a we'll third wedding? You know what? At this point, why not? Let's just keep running the table back and we need the post yeah, we, wedding. Yeah, that would be even better. That way we could have every, everybody. I was thinking about that. I was like, you all should do like a one-year wedding <laughs> and just make it an annual thing. Bring it back next year after they shoot up all of us with vaccines. We'll do it again. Yeah, I was, you know, why not have like, instead of, I mean, the way we did it was way too expensive. We are never doing that again. But in terms of like renting a tent and going out in the middle of a field somewhere and just playing music and just having food and like, you could probably do it pretty cheap and still have as many people as we humanly want have like 200, 250, you know, have a big old banger at some point in the future. So yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we might wait on that just a little bit because we're about wedding out right now, love her to death, but 
I think two is good for right now. Uh, but uh, I, I will be excited to marry her a third time whenever that time does come. That's cute. I, I have a feeling, though, the third wedding might be BYOB <laughs> based on the bar tab. We went over quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. Like he came over to me and was like, hey, we've reached our we've reached our limit. Do we want to keep going? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we still have an hour and a half left. How are we already at that point? We did a number on the bar. We didn't. We did a number. We, we did. did. We did. Zach, we missed you. No, you didn't. You're we did. Zach, you would have. You you, you would have had a great time. But at any point in the uh, in the whole wedding, were you like, you know what? I miss Zach. Yes, absolutely. We would have. We got a. We got a the max picture. It was only a, a KSR picture because we didn't have the other Mac edition. Um, we got a picture with Travis Graff, so we got a little like UK media picture. You were the one missing from that from that picture, so that's you know we'll we'll get one on the next one. We got you. Yeah, wedding number post COVID. Cool, post COVID wedding, wedding number three. We got this. <laughs> Do you think we're gonna start referring to our our lives now as pre and post COVID? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that gonna be? I kind of do because Except I what, it would be both PC pre post, so we'd have to come up with a new AC after COVID. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. PC and AC, before COVID, after COVID. <laughs> I, I think we might because I think there are some things that, like, will not go back. Like, I yeah. don't know when I'm ever going to see a buffet line again. I don't know yeah. when people are ever going to, like, don't know if we ever need it. at yeah. church yeah. again. Like, I just don't think some of those things are going to come back. So that will be like, remember before COVID when we all drank out of the same wine glass at church? DC when we did this and that? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Weird times. Do you all want to talk about some sports, maybe? If we, you know, I've been out of the loop for quite a bit with all the, you know, family in town and all that stuff. So this is going to be a good, like, knock the rust off, you know, get back in the groove of things. So, yeah, let's talk about sports. I am ready. All right. You just sit there and, and Zach and I can just fill you in on everything you've missed. Okay. And I'll have my own little takes on whatever nonsense oh, you guys bring about. I'm sure you will. Cool. Let's nervous. do it. Don't be Let's nervous. Let's do it. I, think I, 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 <laughs> I, I promise not to be nervous, at least, you know, at least down the road. I, it'll take a second to knock the rest off, but I got this. All right. Well, I think we should start with some news that just came out today. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh, and, and I think it was John Rothstein was the one who broke the news this morning that college basketball is looking at moving several basketball tournaments down to Orlando into a bubble, one of which is the Champions Classic which of course means that the Kentucky Wildcats could be heading down to the Orlando bubble to play in that game that is usually in New York. What did you all think about that? I was not really surprised. Um, I mean, obviously I think it, it makes sense to sort of use the same bubble format that we've seen work so well up until this point. Uh, and I'm excited that, you know, that they're thinking ahead and, and working ahead on how they're going to do this and where they're going to do this. Yeah, I think it was, it, it was becoming necessary to do stuff like this. The best part will be that uh, apparently they want to do a round-robin style, so that means Kentucky would play Kansas, Michigan State, and Duke all in a span of probably like a week or something down there in the bubble. So that would be pretty awesome. But it's also, I feel like they're also kind of doing it as a uh, can this work if we do it on a larger scale for the actual NCAA tournament. So I think it's more of just like a trial run to see if things work because four teams is, is it'll be a little bit easier because the NBA is doing it with – or did it with 22. So – 
Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll it'll be more of a trial run thing, but I'm excited to see it, especially if we get to play those three teams because that's that'll be a, a a lineup that UK you know most teams never get to go through. Yeah, same, and and I think especially at the beginning of the season to you know we, we were all so sad when basketball you know got sort of taken away from us, especially with it being the SEC tournament and March Madness. I mean that's the best time of year for college basketball, and and we obviously all lost that last year or this year or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so I think just sort of. Yeah, whatever. Sometime in 2020. I think to start off a new basketball season with such an exciting lineup, especially if they end up doing the round robin, it's almost like a little mini March Madness just to be like, ooh, this is what we were missing. This is what we have back. And and those would be hard games for Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, Cal Perry says every single year he complains about the, like, oh, of course, we start off the year against Duke. Oh, of course, we're going to start off the year against Michigan State. Uh, I don't even get time to ease, you know, ease this roster in. Uh, you know, we're getting thrown in with the Sharks immediately. With this time, he's going to have three of those examples of, of you know, you, his teams tend to, you know, start off a little bit slow and then get hot toward the end of the year. He has no – you know, no way out of that. He's going to have to just kind of make this work. Um, but one thing that I was kind of – interested in in the fact that this is already like getting scheduled like like the news is breaking like we are going to an Orlando bubble I kind of thought that we were headed toward a conference only you know maybe play more conference games but um, you know have it be a longer a longer single bubble versus a bunch of individual ones uh, but because this is already getting scheduled it's kind of apparent that this is going to be a multi-bubble season that things might get stretched out a little bit more but you know if you think about it we if if we get three games in the first bubble we you know take a week off or whatever and then you know head to another bubble play five six games or whatever you those games are going to add up really quickly and you're not going to get as many bubbles as we really think at the end of it and I think by the end of it we we will get a conference only bubble I'm I'm sure we'll find a, a Nashville or an Atlanta or as we already talked about, Lexington would be a fantastic uh, addition. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I, I think we are headed in the right direction in terms of like actually coming up with a blueprint of how to go about this this process. And we're going to be the guinea pigs. It, it, all eyes are going to be on Kentucky basketball to open up the season, and that's exactly what John Calipari likes. So, I think win for, win for us. Bubble to bubble could actually be. You know, that might be the way to do it. Especially kind of like these will be the trial run bubbles to see how it works, and then kind of going bubble from bubble from there and like go conference only bubble, however they want to do it. You know, that'll all the people that were complaining about us scheduling, you know, Richmond and whoever else. Yeah. These, these bubbles are going to create the opportunity for us to get the exact teams we want, the best teams we want. And then eventually, you know, we can go into the conference only bubble and obviously, you know, that'll be, you know, whoever's, whoever will play in that. The SEC. I agree. And I think the sort of like smaller bubbles, like the more short-term bubbles jumping around a little bit makes more sense for unpaid collegiate amateur athletes than one really long bubble saying, listen, you're going down to Orlando and you're not leaving for six months. Mm-hmm. That would be a really difficult sell, I think. And right. you know, this makes more sense to me in terms of the NCAA saying, okay, like we're going to make them quarantine for a week. Then they'll go up here, play a couple games, and they can go back to campus for a couple weeks. They'll quarantine again. And that sort of makes more sense when you think about them as the collegiate athletes rather than, you know, what the NBA is able to do with players who are making millions of dollars and doing this as their full-time job. Yeah. yeah. And that could, that could cut it down. Or in the, if they do it that way, you know, let's say they have to take like a, a week or two off in between bubbles. 
you know, instead of UK playing, normally they only play what, like Tuesdays and Saturdays? Or Saturdays, yeah. So they could they could cut that or go from two to maybe three games, maybe even four games in a week if you're only doing, you know, two-week spans. So the season might stretch out a little bit longer, but they could probably still fit the exact amount of games in if they just kind of clump them all together more with more extended breaks in between the bubbles. Plus then if, if one team does have some sort of a breakout of cases and they have to leave a bubble, they're leaving one bubble, they're forfeiting a couple of games instead of, okay, we have this breakout, we all have to leave, we miss out on a ton of games in this one bubble and, you know, you, you, just, you just miss more. So I yeah. think giving them the chance to, to leave a smaller short-term bubble and sort of recover and, and get everyone healthy again for a couple of weeks and then just jump in the next time there's a different bubble, I think that makes more sense too in terms of trying to manage all of the college basketball teams that are that are hoping to play this season do you, do you, would you all prefer okay hypothetically if, if this were to be the case and kentucky starts off the season like we said with that round robin of, of playing some really talented teams and and then maybe they get in a bubble with other really talented teams and the conference is going to be pretty good this year too i think and so you know when, when you play that level of competition on a consistent basis your record might reflect that i mean kentucky plays those three teams at the beginning of the season they could lose two of them. I don't mm-hmm. think they'd go on three. They well, could lose. Would you rather the Cats play in an average, an average schedule, just across the board, like some random popcorn states at the beginning and an average SEC conference, and, you know, maybe, maybe not have some talk of an undefeated season, or would you rather see that high-level play from the very beginning, playing the Dukes of the world, playing, you know, going down to Atlanta, maybe doing a bubble like that with, with Georgia Tech and some others, um, you know, sort of, they're not Kentucky level programs, but they're also bigger than a lot of the teams we typically see Kentucky play at the beginning of the year, especially in the non-conference schedule. And then going to a conference bubble and playing an SEC schedule that is a little more difficult. So maybe you see better games, but Kentucky's record going into March is worse. And and that could affect seeding potentially. I think if we're having a champions classic, the way we're it, you know, the, if we get the three super high-profile games initially, I think it kind of takes off the pressure of needing to have a a massive, you know, with the SEC being as strong as it is and front-loading the schedule with some of those, we can have some intermediate games in between to kind of counter that. And I don't think it's necessarily what I think. It's about what Calipari thinks. And Calipari has been very outspoken about making sure that the mid-majors, the buy games that that they need to, you know, keep their athletic departments afloat and, and keep from drowning in this very difficult time, that he wants to make sure that those teams get also included in all of this. And I think he even mentioned, like, having Detroit Mercy in a bubble and, you know, some others, you know, obviously there's the Brad connection there. But schools like that, to include them in this round robin, bigger bigger, but not, like, conference-only bubble, you know, make it more than just three or four games, make it kind of a six, seven, eight game type thing where we get a fair mix. I, I think the perfect situation is – especially from like a location standpoint, there's no reason that we can't have a bubble that includes Louisville, WKU, EKU, uh, Moorhead, Murray, Detroit, you know, the, the, we could fit however many teams in this small bubble in a three hour driving vicinity, four hour driving vicinity and, and go forward with a pretty strong balanced schedule in terms of, of, 
guys that need, you know, teams that are looking to get their butts kicked for money purposes and schools like Louisville that are looking to have an actual competitive game rivalry matchup uh, of that sort and keep it safe. And I think that's what it boils down to at the very end of the day. We got to keep playing basketball, keep sure, keep making sure that the season uh, goes on. And that might be the answer for that. We get the champions classic to start the season and then have a middle part where we get a, that mix of Louisville's and Westerns of the world and then end, end it with a conference only bubble. That could be the answer. So I think if Cal, if, if I'm, no Calipari, I think that he would prefer what ultimately he would prefer to do is play fewer games against the best competition. And I think the way that these bubbles are going to work and be set up is the bubbles are still going to be designed to make money. And to be fair, Kentucky isn't going to have the the same amount of money that they normally had to shell out to, you know, a school like Murray to come up and get their ass kicked. That like those te- those schools like Murray Moorhead those teams are not or Eastern those teams are not going to drive revenue for a bubble. So a bubble is only going uh, if bubbles are the thing that's going to happen, they're going to be the best of the best. Like Detroit Mercy would be nice because you know it'd be a Brad Calipari, but like no one wants to bring Detroit Mercy into a bubble when you've got seven other really good teams or something like that. So ultimately, the bubbles are still going to be about making money and. If you're doing a bubble, conference-only bubbles can work because there's a lot of money in those conferences. But I don't see a, a small like I, I see like many bubbles happening in between this Champions Classic and uh, the SEC thing. But Calipari's going to do he's going to he would pref- I think he would prefer to play the fewer games against better teams, and I think that's what the money is going to ultimately force him into doing. Because um, like I said, like they're not going to bring in weaker teams for a nationally televised bubble, especially right now. And teams, a school like UK is not going to be as willing to give money to those lesser schools to come and get their ass kicked. I think I the only I thought about the money aspect of it. I really hadn't thought about it from that angle. Cause you can sell Kentucky Duke. Yeah. I don't know if you are going to sell a Kentucky Moorhead bubble. And these these no. bubbles cost a lot of money. Like the NBA spent a lot of money on theirs and obviously they're not going to be as long and as probably as sophisticated, but in the end, like, the bubbles are only going to happen so money can be made. Like, it's not – let's not pretend that the NCAA is doing this because they love watching these kids play basketball. Like, that's not really right. going to happen. But my only rebuttal to that is, okay, then let's make it like a Maui Invitational or a a small mid-season tournaments type style where UK plays the lower end team, the Detroit Mercy in round one to set up a – Kentucky versus Louisville rivalry championship matchup, or, you know, it doesn't have to be Louisville. I'm I'm just thinking locationally. You could create a, if we do small or medium-sized tournaments mid-year that we see, that UK just hasn't been participating. We see them throughout college basketball. We just haven't been active participants. That would be as a, okay, they're participating in this bubble event, but they're not really, they're coming in to just, get their butts kicked game one to get their buy-in money, their $100,000, $200,000 or whatever, and then let the big boys play to close out the tournament. It could be both both at the same time, which that is what – I mean, Cal has said we want to make sure we find a way to to get the the money to those schools that, that they need it. Or else in, you know, next year we're not going to be able to have those early mm-hmm. easy wins. We're going to have to – create more difficult schedules for us in the future, which doesn't make anything easier for Cal. So this is a long play, 
you know, making sure that those athletic departments can stay afloat for right this second so we can have well, more. As much as I love Calipari, he doesn't have the final say in that. And that's, and that's true. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's to totally true. University. Yeah. You know, they've already – they're cutting staff. They're doing furloughs. Like, they're not in a good place right now to be just sending money out. And, I mean, love those schools, Moorhead and Murray and Detroit Mercy, but it's going to be just so far out of his hands, even for Calipari at that point. So, I mean – I like the idea of doing like one of those little intermediate tournament style bubbles where you can bring a school like that in. It's just, I don't know the financial aspects of it or whatever, but it's going to have to be able, those both, everyone's going to have to be able to justify bringing someone like Detroit Mercy into a bubble where you're trying to get as much ratings as possible, where ratings for all sports right now are kind of oddly down. So it, that could all change again by the time, you know, November comes around because that's usually when people are into their sports anyways. So Mm-hmm. There's a lot of I those. Will say, I will that, say this is the time of the year. I'm always mad we're not in the Maui Invitational. This right. is the time of year. Yeah. Every single year, I'm like, why is Kentucky not playing in this? And again, I mean, we've seen that that's potentially going to happen in a bubble. And again, I'm like, why is Kentucky not included in that? And I will say also, if we miss out on a Kentucky Louisville football game and a Kentucky Louisville basketball game, I'm going to be sad because I need a little rivalry adrenaline in my bloodstream these days you know that's well and that working something that out. part that that part doesn't even make sense there, i mean for uk and louisville to be 70 miles down the road from each other if we are preaching safety and health and wanting to make sure that we do this you know avoid airports and planes and hotel rooms and there is no excuse for us to not fit in a Louisville Kentucky game. There's just not. I mean, I, I get it. Football with, game would be a lot easier than football game. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Fo- in football, there's there's the you know conference only schedules and, and yeah. navigating the buyout clauses and all that stuff of dropping some of those non conference games. It, it gets a lot more complicated in football. But basketball, you literally you're there in an hour. You can get your game over with. Go home. You never t- contact another human being all yeah. the media is so virtual unless, like unless the ACC goes to a conference only bubble which is something that we've seen you know a, a few people say is a possibility I think Matt our own Matt Jones was one who who put that out a few days ago so I hope the ACC doesn't do that because like you said it it just doesn't make sense well if it was, okay. if it was up if it was up to Kentucky and Louisville individually I think they would do a basketball game but I think it's it's going to come down to the conferences up top right and I think if it was up to Kentucky and Louisville they would have also played a, bat, or a football game you're probably right. Because it makes total sense for us to drive down to the swamp in 11 hour drive and put, you know, added factors and people to come in contact with and all that versus a 70 mile drive down, down the highway. But and fires, don't forget about the oh, swamp fire. That's true. <laughs> that, that was true. crazy. Extra. It was. Thank you down there. Uh, and this okay. awesome teams got all got COVID and everything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk football. Football's coming up where I think we did the math like about 11 days away um, from the start of Kentucky's football season. Obviously they start the season on the road against Auburn. How excited are you all for football, even though it's, it's coming late and it's going to be, you know, a a pretty different experience for all of us, but I'm still pretty pumped up. I'm getting there. I'm there. I've been watching. So I watched that very first college football game of the year, that central Arkansas versus Man, now I can't even remember awesome who. who Austin awesome Peak. Yeah, I watched that game from start to finish. Awesome experience. Loved it. I thought I would get more into the bigger, like, Louisville Western. I, I watched that game from start to finish, but 
I thought the big slate of college football games this past Saturday would be like, ah, awesome, sweet. And I was kind of into it. But NFL, that definitely got me. Like Sunday, that was. You also had a wedding. Like you were also at your own wedding. So that could be too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's also true. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to, to get very, very excited about Kentucky football in particular. You know, listen to like the Mark Stoop show. Usually he like throws his, you know, kicks his feet back and just, you know, kind of shoots a breeze with Tom Leach the whole time. He was a news-breaking fiend yesterday. He named a starting play, starting kicker with Matt, Mark, Matt Ruffalo, not Hulk. Um, uh talk about Joey Gatewood getting his waiver news this week said that Devonte Robinson is going to be missing some time. Uh, you know, we just went down the list. It was boom, 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 news, 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 news. It was fantastic. It was like, it, I started getting that like, Oh wow. It's game week feel like, Oh, this is what we usually hear on a typical game week. And that's that, you know, I kind of miss the oh, who's going to start, Gunnar Hoke or Terry Wilson? Who's going to be those? Those I do not miss the quarterback conversations Uh, every single preseason. I love it. It it gives us something to talk about every day. Gives us something to talk and write about every single day. Love it. I I love controversy. But we have nothing to add to that. The media does have. We have nothing to add to that conversation because we're not in practices right now. We don't know. We have to wait for there to be a game before we can do that. We need, we need to talk about how Stoops has gotten some extra swagger the last six months. I agree. The quarantine has made Mark Stoops pretty swaggy. I, I will say, we've always said swaggy Cal, and I think we're seeing a swaggy Stoops. I mean, we heard him on on uh, the KS radio show a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about sort of his team and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and what that means to him and, and to the team and that was an awesome conversation. And then when we saw Jagger Burton's commitment, we saw him post that video of the that was drop, dope. That which was, was dope. amazing. Uh, and, and I hope we see that continue because I love it. I love the energy. It reminded me of when he, you know, was crowd surfing and punched the ceiling. I was like, this is the stoops that the players always see. And I'm glad that he's getting comfortable enough and, and just sort of confident enough to, to share that with the rest of us. That's, that's the word is confidence is he's finally, he knows that, he finally has a team that's good enough where he can go out and he can just start talking and being himself. And cause you know, the, the Florida or raise him on the roof thing, you know, that was behind closed doors technically. So, you know, yeah. now he's everything. He's Thank doing, God it wasn't though. Thank God we got a video of that. Yeah. So he's been really open about everything and it's, he's, he's buying into himself and it's, it's really cool to see actually, cause it took like eight years, but he's damn good at it now. But well, if, you, if you think, if you think about it, Imagine us in this scenario where a 10-game conference-only schedule had happened in 2013, oh my 2014, would be talking about going 0-10. Yeah. It would be a nightmare. The way, the way we talk about Arkansas and Vandy right now, that we would be the butt of those jokes at that time. And to, to think, We'd be like, please put Vandy on our schedule. <laughs> to, to think that we have a 10 game conference only schedule and we are still thinking like is there is there a road to the sec championship for us can we win okay let's go down the schedule let's go win by you know week by week okay this one this one all right give the cats like the fact that we're even having those conversations right now is just like i i never thought i'd see the day sometimes you get favorable schedules like some of those seven and five, seven, and six teams that we got, like the Steven Johnson era. 
we got helped out with some favorables scheduling and some some you know upsets and all that stuff but right now we could genuinely say that straight up we are better than than a wide variety of sec programs that we have we could never say in the past we could say we're better than the mississippi states of the world south carolina's on par with tennessee those type of you know middle of the pack programs we are on that tier if not above right below the florida and georgia of the world i mean we i've never seen that in my whole life they're in the golden age of their athletics right now uk is there's never been a time in history where uk has had a basketball and football coach that are not only just as good as they are in terms of coaches, but as outspoken, um, usually correct about what they have to say. So, and especially building young men from, you know, from the ground up essentially. So I don't, I can't think of it, you know, the bear Bryant who was, was rep the coach when bear Bryant was here. So that would be maybe your only other comparison, but at the same time, not even remotely close. And typically, yeah. you you will never see egos like that be able to work together. I mean, that's sort mm-hmm. of what we heard about Bear Bryant and Rob is that you can't have two big dogs like that. And I think when Cal came here, he was under the assumption that he would always be the guy. And, you know, to some extent, he still is. Kentucky's always going to be most closely linked to being a basketball school, no matter, you know, what, what the record is or, or what the sort of past couple of seasons show. But I think we're in a situation now where you can say Mark Stoops is, is a big dog, too. And I like that we're not hearing any tension between them. We don't hear, you know, that, that it's upsetting Cal, that he's not the only king on campus anymore. I think we're in a really unique time where Kentucky has a chance to have two high-level, pretty elite coaches who are really rising to this moment. I mean, with COVID and racial uh, injustices and, and sort of everything that we've seen go on in the last six months, we've seen both of them really rise to this moment we've seen them support their teams we've seen them be outspoken we've seen them you know defend their guys and and all that stuff and I think that's really important and I hope we get to see two really successful seasons so when you look back at this year you're like look at all this stuff they did on the court and on the field and then look at all this stuff they also did off the field and off the court and what they did at home and what they did in the off season and how they handled things on a personal level with their players and how they basically reflected the program on the national stage and to the national media and all that stuff. And I think Kentucky's being represented really, really well right now. And, and I think in a couple of decades, if, if we're still recording episodes of the max, we, we might look back on this time period and be like, that's when Kentucky had it going for him. Let's just, what would, you know, 30, 40 year old us look like, recording the max in decades as you refer to i think i, I think I that's an interesting i think we would look pretty hot i don't you know i don't know I, I'm, <laughs> I'm interested to see what your background would be in a couple decades would it still be jr smith zach like or do you think do you think your love for jr smith is going to extend decades it knows no time it's it's kind of an eternity thing i mean you can only get so much legendary just, I mean, legends. Legends don't just just I'll still come be around. An Alan Calipari shirt. That's true. That's <laughs> true. And I'll probably still be in my mom's basement. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is a this was a post wedding. I'll be I'll be back to the good old old faithful office okay. and and home very soon Peace tomorrow. You. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, 
while we're while we're talking about football, okay, let's talk okay. about the sort of atmosphere that we might see or that we're hoping to see. Sorry, Zach, were you trying to say something else? Oh, go, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, let's talk about the atmosphere at Kroger Field because obviously our first game uh, is is an away game, and then after that, we're we're in Kroger Field for the first time with approximately twenty thousand fans. What did you all think about sort of how all of that unfolded? Because I mean, we're, we're pretty familiar with what happened, but. We, we heard the reports that this is probably what was going to come out. We saw what Louisville got. We saw what all the other SEC schools were doing. And then it took about a week before Kentucky made an official announcement, and they still haven't actually distributed those tickets yet. So we, we don't have a lot to say in terms of, like, how that actually went and how season ticket holders ended up faring in, in this sort of weird timeline of, of how people are able to get tickets. But we do know that it's about 20% capacity, at least for the, for the general stadium. Um, We'll see what 12,000. Have they sent them out yet? Have they already, they haven't already decided who gets the tickets, though, right? No, so they've sort of put out the order uh, of how it will work, but that hasn't actually happened yet. I believe that starts on the 21st. My my mom has tickets, so I've I've kind of been keeping up with with her. And the situation is is weird because I, you know, I I understand they're in a tough situation and, and these are really hard decisions that they had to make. But what I don't understand is why, if you only have two season tickets, now you're allowed to buy up to six. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because why? Why do that? because the, I, I'm a, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that they, they blocked off for social distancing reasons, tickets in groups of six. Mm-hmm. And you can choose to buy two, you can choose to buy four, you can choose to buy up to six tickets. And, and several schools have done that. Um, but it's always been, you know, you can buy in groups up to this uh, if you have that many tickets previously. Right. Um, so now when they're going down this list based on K points and, you know, basically how much you donate to the school, if you make big donations and normally you only have two tickets and this year you buy six, I don't know what the people who don't make donations and just, just buy the tickets, I don't know what's going to be left for those fans. And that's, that's, that's what I'm unhappy with. Well, yeah, it's you said it right. I mean, it's going to be about the big donors who can give them the most money because if they're only going to do 12,000 or yeah, 12,000 fans roughly. And then if they're going to social distance everyone, you know, they're going to, they're going to maximize the, the opportunity there. Which is fine. Or, or I don't understand why they're not offering tickets in groups of like twos, fours, sixes or, or whatever. Like the amount of money you donate, I think should have been used in terms of where your tickets are going to be. Because if, if they let you pick, okay, how many tickets do you want? Which games do you want to go to? Where do you sit? Then it's like, if you don't donate money, you don't get to pick any of those things. And so then maybe you get no tickets or you get tickets in a, in a terrible sort of spot for one game that's not sold out yet. And I don't know, there's, there's just a lot that doesn't really make sense to me when I look at all the sort of factors that, and again, I, I know they had to make a tough decision here and, and people were going to be unhappy regardless. There's, you can't please everyone in this situation, but it just, especially when I wrote that article about how other schools have done it in the SEC, that was about a week before UK made their announcement. I saw a lot of creative, good ideas there that, that UK didn't really utilize. I mean, some schools you could buy a two-game pack, a three-game pack, a five-game pack. And so if, if you only wanted to go to the two best games, you could do that. And then there's more tickets available for people who wanted to go to other games. Or I don't know. There's just other ways that, that other schools have done it. And again, I know – the timeline of everything was really weird. I just feel like, especially because Kentucky was one of the last programs to put out this sort of announcement, that they had plenty of time to look at how other schools were doing it and make the best decision using a combination of, of other ideas to create the best case scenario. 
don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I guess the only thing that I'm unsure of is if it they did just sell two per family or whatever it is, because I, I think they are probably valuing the, the the fact that the group of six that you're more likely to be living with or in close quarters with the six people versus the two. How would they, you know, again, I'm not the one that sees how things are spread out or whatever. Is there a case to be made that six people horizontally can create more space? Like I'm, I'm trying to like map out the right six feet, right. six feet. Does two create more space or is it more beneficial to have rows of six versus two? I don't know. I'd have to see in front of me, but I, I, yeah, personally, I would have liked to see them get a little bit more creative, like you said. And, right. and like, like, I, 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 I this article. Alabama says fans who qualified for full season ticket packages could purchase up to four tickets. Fan who qualifies for partial package may purchase up to two tickets based on tied points, which are essentially K points. So that's a different way of doing it. Arkansas is the team that, that allowed you to either buy a two game pass, a three game pass or a five game pass. Auburn is letting just students into the first game, which I knew UK would never do because that makes no money, but they have a point that students have missed out on every aspect of the college experience. And so to let them have this one game, to have this one thing that they're allowed to go to and enjoy, I think was really meaningful. And, and I, you know, I don't know how it affects the game atmosphere. I don't know what sort of situation Kentucky's going to be walking into with a 11 a.m. Central time kickoff against an Auburn stadium full of just students. Uh, but I mean, their capacity is still limited. I don't know if it's possible to get super rowdy in there with, you know, I think Auburn has 20% capacity, which is about 17,000 fans. So we'll see. But that's, you know, there's there's a lot of ways that you could handle this and everyone's doing the best they can, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. I wonder how many uh, students UK will let in. I don't know. I haven't really seen anything about how they are dividing that up either. I saw that, um, that, that LSU is giving... Let them in, I don't think. Do I? Not. They haven't even officially said that they're going to let fan, their students in. Yeah, and, and even that, how do you decide? So I saw like Alabama is letting it be like, 40% freshmen, 30 per, like doing percents of, who, of how many of each students get to go. Um, obviously that's at Alabama where there's a bigger student body and probably more of them want to go. Uh, and then LSU is giving priority to students who have gotten COVID tests through the university, which wouldn't work at UK because allegedly everyone was supposed to get tested through the university. I don't know what yeah. LSU's deal with that was, but just in general, that's, that's another situation where there are going to be a lot of options for UK to line it up. I feel like they'll end up doing some sort of lottery system like they do for, with basketball tickets though. Yeah. Yeah. Lottery makes yeah. the most sense is probably what they'll do. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet more than 500 tickets for of the 12,000 go to the students. If that, how, how many people are in the, the typical student section doing that? Know? I don't know. Probably a, uh, in football, probably a thousand or two. I would imagine yeah. the whole section. I wonder yeah. if they'll compare it since they're using that 20% for general admission and the 20% technically for how many people are allowed in the suites. If they just say students get 20% of their normal allotment. Well, or... they, they normally have what, two? They have a lower section and an upper section. You got to imagine that. And, and another upper section. That's got to be at least over 2,000 kids. Yeah. So maybe they do 20% of that. Maybe they do. Puts you at about 500. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll I would be shocked if they, if UK lets more than 500, they should let a bunch in, honestly. I wish they would, but they're not going to. Yeah. 
I also think it'll be interesting if they say like, oh, students are only allowed to come to like one or two games. And it's like, you're not making anyone else do that. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, if you win this lottery, you're not winning another one. Well, I mean, so they were about to give all the priorities to the people in the suites until everyone bitched and complained about it. So, yeah, I wonder if that was sort of like a little soft leak to be like, how do people react to this? And everyone was like, ah, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to rechange that wording because the actual like logistics of how many people are going to be in those didn't really change that much. But the way they said, oh, the wording. And yeah, or they said up to 10 people instead of a 50% number. I mean, that could be the exact same number of people in the suites, but it sounds better because it sounds the same as what the general admission will be. Yeah. So we'll see. Either way, I'm excited for football. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer over here. I, I'm really excited for football. That's Zach's job. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was actually, I was kind of into football, I, or I didn't watch, I still haven't watched a single college game, I'll be honest with you, but Sunday I watched a bunch, like there was the Nuggets game at one, so I had that on, and I actually got to use my three TVs. Finally. Oh, yeah. This game up, and then I had two NFL games on. Apparently I have NFL Red Zone right now for like a trial or something, so I've got that on. Ooh, pretty cool. And then after the Nuggets game was over, I watched uh, a little bit of like the Bengals game, got to see Joe Burrow. Uh look really good until he, the Bengals got bangled. Don't talk about it. That was fantastic. But good for them. I, I didn't watch any of the games last night, unfortunately, but uh, I was kind of into the NFL games, so we'll see if uh, football maybe, – maybe I'll try this weekend, see if I can get into some – is there any big games this weekend? Anything? I yes. Know? There are big games. Pa- Patriots, <laughs> Patriots, Seahawks. No, no, Sunday no. Night college. Football. College. Oh. oh, college. That well, – I, 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 I mean, game day is going to Louisville versus Miami. That's going to be a fun game. But, That'll be good. Virginia, Virginia yeah. Tech got rescheduled because of COVID. Uh, the other SEC, it's Syracuse. Who does Syracuse play? Already not interested. Yeah, Syracuse, they still have a football team? <laughs> well, it's, a, it's ACC opening, or, you know, the ACC, when the ACC teams start playing each other other than, like, the, the Louisville Western game. Is the SEC all open next weekend? Next weekend, yep. Every, every team does? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No bye weeks until like week four, I think. For man, oh man, I, that doesn't even like sound right in my head. Like, oh, SEC starts next weekend. That's just like, wow, we're here. Like, Almost holy we crap, we're here. Almost made we it. We made it. We made it. And some former UK oh. guys. While we were we were talking about the NFL, we need to shout out Benny Snell, who crushed it in his Monday Night Football performance last night. I do not like the Steelers, but it's hard for me to root against Benny Snell. He looked like good old he looked like good old Kentucky Benny Snell. It was a ground and pound. Let's just knock the crap out of the defensive the giant defensive line. It was beautiful, beautiful football. And if I'm being totally honest, he kind of sort of destroyed James Connor in terms of like just pure. I know James he got hurt and and he's questionable for this week ankle injury yeah he's but that's kind of become a recurring theme the reason why Benny has been you know why he was able to to get so much so many reps last year was due to injury and all that so we're starting to see a theme and I know it kind of took a while before Benny could kind of get his legs under him last year but he came into training camp very in shape looks good he's faster stronger uh you know just developed as a football player in terms of field vision and you know all that good stuff and he dropped his first 100 yard game on his first game of the second of his second season Monday Night Football all eyes on him everybody's talking about him 
he got his his you the know spinning mouthpieces back. Spin, spinning spinning mouthpieces back. back again. It, it breaks the internet. It breaks the internet every single time he does it. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at this!" I'm like, he's been wearing that since he was at Kentucky, but it does look awesome and it makes for a pretty good viral a good viral tweet. And you know, on this pod, we do not root for injuries. That's terrible, but. I do hope he continues getting. It's a role thing. It's an opportunity thing. It's one of those we are we are granted. We are given this opportunity. We're given this circumstance, and Benny Snell has capitalized. Not rooting for any injury whatsoever, but I am rooting for uh, an opportunist, and that is the Benny Snell. That is the definition of Benny Snell. I mean, if he has an opportunity, I have no doubt that he will take advantage of it. That's that's pretty. I think he's. True. <laughs> you know he's the he he's the second leading rusher in the NFL right now. That's nice. He's get that touchdown. He also fumbled. Let's not talk about that part. Let's That's only, just another good, opportunity he took advantage of. Okay. Good vibes only. It wasn't it, the other team didn't recover. It wasn't. By the way, it wasn't a cat. It wasn't a catastrophic fumble. It was. We're good. They Juju Smith Schuster recovered it. We're good. He's, no problem. You know, he was just trying to fill up. The stat sheet just wanted to, you know, make sure he had a number in every single box of the box score. And there you go. An opportunist. Yep. True Next time we're going to get a, a pass completion. Yes. <laughs> Versatility. That'd be fun. Do we think we will see Lynn Bowden suit up for the Dolphins? Oh, I thought I was going to be able to watch him this past weekend against my Patriots, but he didn't get a single. He, he was a, a healthy scratch. I mean, it, yeah, he was he only got there. He was inactive coming into the coming into Sunday. They'd already rolled. He only got, yeah, yeah, he only got six six days to yeah. learn the system, get settled in. I was not expecting him to play, but I was hoping to see him might see in action. Snaps next week, maybe. Who do they play next week? I don't know, but. Don't know. It's not going to be a game I will go out of my way to watch. I will if he gets to play. Rather than later. I hope he gets to play. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'm a Texans fan now. Why? Because they have Randall Cobb. They have Lonnie Johnson. We're, we're, you know, I can't root for the Steelers. I just can't do it. And so the Texans are a team that have a couple of UK guys on it that, you know, are likable guys that I want to cheer for. Deshaun Watson, I think, is the likable guy. I like his style of play. I like that he just signed a massive contract, so he's not going anywhere for a while, so I don't start rooting for him, and then he goes to a different team, and I'm like, now what do I do? And, yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt, great guy. I like cheering for him. Love his wife. That's, you know, that's someone I want to cheer for. You know what? But Bill O'Brien is trash, makes horrible decisions, traded away. Uh, his best player for peanuts. Randall Cobb <laughs> yeah, is on the tail end. Doesn't bode well for for my team. Cobb's on the t- Cobb's on the tail end of his career. Lonnie Johnson didn't even play a whole lot of reps in his season opener this year. Mm. Okay, uh, that ain't that ain't the answer. That ain't the answer. <laughs> well, I had to do something because I'm not. I can't do another season just watching the Bengals. Sorry. Are you Are you all doing fantasy football this year? I forgot. I've been dedicating my time to sports get, sports betting instead of actually like putting up a fantasy football team. So I've been I've been winning so much money. I've just been distracted by my other money making opportunities. Just ugh. I sincerely doubt that. <laughs> mm, darn it. Also, if you're might... wondering, the Dolphins play the Bills next week. Yeah, I ain't watching that. Yeah. I'll have it like the game cast on, like watching to see if. Lynn Bowden gets in the game, but I, I'm not going out of my way to watch that game. 
That's why I watch the NFL is for my fantasy team. Yeah. I think you're still allowed to make a team going into week two. So I think I could still technically make a team right now if I wanted to. And Remember when KSR did that? Didn't we do that one year? Yeah, I think so. And I wish we did because that would like that my competitive spirit wanting to kick both of y'all's asses would definitely like spark my, you know, pique yeah, my I, interest in doing okay. this. I'm one to know. Hmm. Well, oh, maybe we should make a, we should, we should make a max, a, a max fantasy football team. And then I would very much move forward with it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Off pod. Off pod discussion. Off, off pod. Cool. Cool. Let's, uh, let's move into my favorite part of the episode. Pits and peaks and wrap stuff up. We've been talking for a long time, but like I said, we've been gone and this, this is the return of the max. We had a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up with. Sports are back, a lot of news, but we're going to wrap things up in the way that we always do, which are pits and peaks. Does anyone want to go first? Zach looks very interested. I don't, don't all speak at once. <laughs> uh, you already had yours loaded, Jack, so go for it. Um, well, I would obviously say that my peak of the week was uh, marrying the Katie Pilgrim once again. Um, uh, that, was, that was a fantastic time. Filled with a lot of fun, dancing, singing, drinking, eating, all that good stuff. We had a great time. Um, so yeah, we, we've already talked a bunch about that to start the show. Um, but the, the, the pit is definitely the, we, the, the week started on a pretty crappy note. Katie's grandfather actually passed away on Tuesday leading up to the Friday celebration. So that was, that obviously kind of put a, a, a big damper on things with everything going on. We're, actually tomorrow is the, you know, funeral visitation, all that stuff. So, oh uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's sad. It was a very rough, rough time. We needed the positivity and happiness of a Friday night to kind of get our minds off things. But yeah, that's a, that, that's rough. So if uh, you guys are thinking about it, thank thoughts and prayers to my wife, you know, she, she, she could use it, but yeah, that's we're that's, that would definitely be my, yeah. my pit. Of course. Thoughts and prayers to Katie. Love you girl. Thank you um, to her. Jack? She would, she would say, thank you. You got, you go, man. <laughs> I'll go last. Okay. I'll go. I've got one pit and two peaks. All right. So we'll start at the bottom. The pit is having to watch Carol Baskin on Dancing with the Stars last night. Is that bad? I mean, <laughs> it was a little hilarious because of course she came in in her all tiger print, her flower crown. Like she was OG Carol Baskin. She has not changed the spotlight not changed her i couldn't help thinking about the fact that we are all glorifying this woman who clearly allegedly killed her husband let's not pretend like we don't all believe that quotes whatever allegedly don't sue me carol um but also all i could think about was how much joe would love to be on dancing with the stars joe exotic all he ever wanted to be was in the spotlight and his nemesis, Carol Baskin, who ruined everything he was trying to do and accomplish and be just swooped right in. Well, I guess he's still in jail. I don't really know, but so. she just swooped right in, took that spotlight. She's on Dancing with the Stars. I think she got like threes and fours. It was not a good performance. She danced high <laughs> the fire. It was just a lot to take in. She closed out the night. She was the grand finale. She was roaring. Like it was a lot for me to deal with okay it was just a lot <laughs> can i interject was it not the most ballerific thing on the planet for nelly to dance to his own song that was is that not 
yeah baller if if i ever got like rich and famous and like had a song and like we're presented an opportunity like that to just be like you know how baller i am i'm gonna dance in a dancing competition to my own song like what was really funny is uh like my my sister-in-law we were, we were kind of watching it i was watching football but watching it from afar. yeah i was gonna say i like that you jumped in there with with no sort of context to be like by the way i watched dancing with the stars too no <laughs> it was i was two different rooms they they uh-huh very outspokenly said, oh, it's Nelly. So I'm, I like myself some Nelly. So I turned my head and watched. And she said something along the lines of, uh, wow, he really knows the rhythm to this song. And I was like, what song is it? Ride with me. It's like, he hasn't been singing or dancing to this song for like 20 years now. So it was, it was fine. It was, it was good little like, oh, ha 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 moment. Really, you know, well, really I cool. So, I didn't watch yeah. Dancing with the Stars. So that's your pit. <laughs> yes, I didn't get to experience Carol Baskin. And you're Joe Exotic, he's already got the perfect name to be a star, a dancing star. I know. Star. He like set a, himself up for this. Star, but a yeah, star don't nonetheless. Know if, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that'll be my pit. I really don't have a pit, I guess. I mean, I do. my peak was all of the people that are around me uh, don't have COVID anymore. Yay! That's really yeah, my sister, roommate, his girlfriend. I can see my dog or the dog again. Not my dog. I'm the uncle. I can see the dog again. So I got that all happened two days ago, three days ago. So it's been nice to have some company. I've been alone in my apartment the last 12 days. Wow. It's like you didn't even test that. You just still had to feel yeah, like it's, and I, still I got to go to work and everything, but all the fun stuff. Yeah. Fun. So mm, that was fun. Is uh, getting back into normal haha normaler back back from two three weeks ago normal yeah Hmm. good i'm glad you're you got some company and the dog again i'm sure the doggy missed you maggie Um, we didn't get your two you we didn't get your two peaks yeah yeah. two peaks one of course is the pilgrim wedding it was great i had an amazing time it was it was super fun my boyfriend and i both got together and we had an amazing time so again shout out to that and my other peak is i got tickets to a live event it's i listen to this podcast called girls gotta eat it's amazing it's like these two girls who live women who live in new york city it's like a real dating relationship podcast but they're comedians and it's just hilarious and i love them and i've been listening to the show for about two years maybe and they go on these live shows and they sort of you know they don't record a podcast they do like more like a stand-up comedy show together but in two years they've never come within like driving distance of me and so I've, I've never been able to go. And then, of course, they had scheduled to come to Ohio right before quarantine started. I was going to go up there. I, they hadn't put tickets out yet, so I hadn't gotten them. But I was so excited that they announced that they were coming, I think, to, like, Columbus, maybe. And then, obviously, COVID-19 happened. No one could go. They canceled the shows. And for whatever reason, now they are able to start their live shows again, obviously, like, outside, socially distanced, all that good stuff. But for whatever reason, of all the places that they could go for their, like, first big show back, they are coming to Ohio again. So coming to Cincinnati. Yeah, they can, they're coming to Cincinnati. Um, my friend and I got tickets and we're going up there in like two weeks. And I'm really excited to go. It's on a Monday night, which is so random, but whatever. I'll, I'll treat myself to a fun Monday night in Cincinnati to see these amazing women with their amazing podcast and comedy show. And I'm really excited because tickets sold out in like less than a day. And for whatever reason, I you know was was on Instagram that morning and saw their story and and saw that they had released the tickets and grabbed a table just in time. So uh, that was that was like def- that just happened yesterday. So that was that was a good day yesterday. 
big peak. Super dope. Very cool. Very so cool. I was so jealous when Jack, you got to go to the drive-in comedy show of. I was gonna say that. I was yeah. gonna say that. It it it. It's such a feels... unique. Yeah, and this isn't like a drive-in. Like it's it's in person, but just spread out. It you come right. sit at your table with your party and whatever, but. Still, it's, I'm just excited to, to get to go. But when you go there, it will feel like you're going to an event. And yeah. that in itself, like just the buildup of, oh, hey, we got our show tonight. Like that in itself will will make you feel. Uh, Having just, plans. Just very Getting, yeah. I have this little calendar in my room. It's like a dry erase board, like, you know, whiteboard kind of calendar that really has had nothing on it except for my KSR shifts for like months. And so when I got to write Girls Gotta Eat show on there yesterday, I was like, let's go. I put something on my calendar. I'm busy. Pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm hyped. So I think this was a good episode. I'm I'm glad we got to come back and bring the Mac attacks back into action and it was good to catch up with you all. Good return. Yep. Good Prom return. promise we'll have a a normal schedule moving forward with unless jack decides know. to get married again that yeah that would definitely cause another another temporary hiatus but i think we're good for a while we're good for a while sounds good well thank you all for listening thank you guys for talking with me for however long this was and um have a great rest of your day bye